You're listening to the Manifest Massively podcast with Nicole Renee Ray. All right, welcome to this episode of the Manifest Massively podcast. I am so excited to share my guest today, Christopher. He is also known as the Astro Medium. He is an astro medium, an ascension coach, as well as a plant medicine facilitator. And today you're going to be learning about him. We're going to be talking about astrology and manifestation. And of course, we're going to let the conversation go where it goes because that's how energy and intuition is. So I want to just first share, I was introduced to Christopher through a client and friend got a reading with him. And then I think it was the second reading. I can't remember, but some shit was going down in my life. And this reading that I had with Christopher was so helpful because I was able to learn about what transits were going on. And I had followed astrology, but there were, there's obviously so many layers and, you know, all to say that it helped then guide my healing process. And so instead of having this quote unquote negative transit, where we'll talk about that, you know, be this demise, it actually ended up catapulting me into a higher level of healing. So I'm sure all of that will come up, but I just wanted to share that Christopher had really a profound impact in my journey, just from the one reading that I had with him. And as I was creating the podcast and really wanting to talk about manifestation and astrology. He was of course the first person that came to mind. So that is why he's here. Let's give him a warm welcome. Thank Thank you you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm honored to be here and I'm also really honored that I was a part of your journey in any way and that all the things that I love to do and I'm passionate about actually is allowing other people, especially people like yourself, who are also helping others, that is a huge passion of mine. It's just keeping that domino effect going. So thank you for validating and confirming that. Yeah, totally, totally with you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe a little bit about your journey and what does it mean to be an astro medium? So I have been, like many others, spiritual my entire life from a young age, was very interested in the religious part of spirituality because that was all I knew at the time until I went through an awakening at 11 years old. I was really invested in going to church. My parents never went, but I would go with neighbors and then my aunt. And I just wanted to have whatever that was with whatever that was. Mm -hmm. And I never resonated with what was happening in that building, but I wanted to so bad. And at 11 years old, I went through a spiritual awakening. I did not know that that was what was happening. And from that point forward, I believed that I was God, none of this was real, and that I was just having a dream and that when I died, I would wake up and I would be God and I would know how to create reality from the mistakes or the the things I didn't enjoy here. And I would tell my mother that, and I actually believed that until I was about 16 years old where I transitioned from that. And I thought, oh, I'm making all that up. And I remember transitioning out of that into atheism, which was a fun few little years of not believing in anything and not being able to sleep at night because of that. 
So spirit was not going to let that happen. And then around 18 years old, I started to experience a phenomenon called sliders or sliding, which is streetlight interference phenomenon where I would walk, drive, or look at a streetlight and it would go out and it still happens to this day several times a week. But back then it was happening every single day, several times a day. And I didn't know what was happening at the time, but that really opened me to, am I being communicated with? What's happening here? And from that point forward, it just kept getting stronger and stronger. And over the years, I've gone through several awakenings, but several years ago, I went through something called Kundalini awakening. And that completely blasted the lid off of my entire life, basically my identity. And I, I kind of segued out of being an actor, a corporate salesperson. I was an acting major, was going to go to school for directing for film and stage, high up in a corporate environment. And it was just, it was kind of like, that's not you. You deserve to live a life of magic. You've also been through so much hell around this. You need to help other people. So that's really where I was like, okay, everyone has told me my whole life that I would be a spiritual guru or teacher or people would joke and say that because on top of all the dreams and aspirations I've had, I was always talking about astrology and ascension and law of attraction. And I mean, all the different stages of my life were a different kind of spiritual obsession. So it was always there, even though that was just supposed to be my only on Wednesdays and Sundays sort of thing. It wasn't going to be my work or my job. I didn't I didn't know that, even though a psychic told me this 10 years ago that I could do what she does, that still went over my head. So after that awakening, all of the gifts that were already there, they didn't start after that. They were already there. I finally just allowed them to be. I moved to Atlanta. Really, the rest is history. And the astro medium kind of came from this idea that what I was doing was not like anything else I had experienced before. And although I don't always read charts for all my clients, sometimes I am only working in a psychic medium sense or working with an ascension client. Most of the work I do, though, is astro mediumship, which is basically intuitive astrology on steroids. So you are working in the psychic mediumship realm while exploring the natal chart and the transits so that spirit can come in with specific information and also give specific information about these astrological energies for that person uniquely, which I wasn't really finding that before. So the astro mediumship was born out of the, basically just the unique little conglomeration of abilities that I'm able to utilize in that type of session. And it, it caught on. That's fabulous. I'll, I'll just <laughs> share from my experience in sessions. It's really phenomenal because we had media messages come through and of course they were right on really flowing. And then the way that we went then to the chart to confirm some of these things, it's one of the most like grounding readings that I've ever had, because it's almost like as soon as you pull in those elements of the planets and those, those energies, it really, it spoke to me in like a body way. That's like the best mm -hmm. way that I had, like it really spoke to my life where sometimes like a medium reading can just feel a little bit out there, even if you fully believe, even if you fully connect, it was like connecting it with the astrology, like brought it into 
my body in a way that like I could really, really work with it. So does that resonate? Cause that, that's well, absolutely. Because the, one of the most incredible parts of astrology, and I tell people all the time, it doesn't matter if astrology is real or not to you. Spirit knows that I believe in it. So they're going to use that information, whether it's real or not, just like a tarot card, they're going to use imagery, archetypes, symbolism to display messages. But what I really love is when they are kind of separate, when spirit will come through and say, you're going to find a relationship within the next year. And then we go to the chart and we look that there are specific transits to Venus or Juno coming up. And so it correlates like that. And that's just one example that happened a couple of days ago in a reading where it was like, okay, we're not only seeing this from spirit first, because I do not take birth information until the time of the reading until about 30 minutes into the reading. Usually I'll take the birth information unless it's an an astrological reading only, not astro mediumship. I don't want to see your chart. I want to look at it just like I flipped over a tarot card because I don't want to study it first because all the information I could have studied and had prepared for you, I'm going to get from them. That's so great. That's so amazing. And you know, that's how I manifested my husband. And looking back, I could see where all of the the dots were in play, like where the relationship previous broke down, all of my own declarations, the the teachers that came in. But one of the main things to, I saw that Jupiter was going into my seventh house. And, and then interestingly, right, when you kind of look at the big picture of like my husband and I, Jupiter was going into his first house. And so, wow, that's so cool. I didn't know that, right? But I knew Jupiter was going into the seventh. And I remember before the transit begun, having this thought, whether it was mine or it was sent to me of like, this is the time to really do this work because you're going to have the universal support from this planet. I'll have to look back on when the actual transit happened, but it was 2014. And yeah, it was definitely like around there. So, I mean, I'm just- like for Do me, you like, and your husband have opposing rising signs? We have opposing suns. His rising is a Capricorn. And what is your rising? Aquarius. Yeah. So the, it is. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I see. I see. I see. It's the opposing sun. suns. Yes. Yeah. It's, I got you. It's opposing suns. Yeah. That is a type of karmic type of relationship when we look at that jupiter going into your seventh house and jupiter going into his first it's kind of like well it's not just going to be anyone it's going to pull in the person that has some type of oppositional or magnetic pull there just like my mother was born on december 15th and i was born on june 15th and she has her sun sign is at 23 degrees and 57 minutes of sagittarius and mine is at 23 degrees and 57 minutes of gemini exactly opposite to the very minute my eyes got so uh-huh and she has cancer rising i have cancer rising my dad has leo moon i have leo moon so <laughs> oh of course you do <laughs> so i it's interesting to see that because my parents, that there's a home video of them holding me as a child. And I was a very intense child, very unhappy about being a child and not being able to talk or do whatever I wanted to do, very manifester. And my parent, I remember my mom saying to the camera, 
just almost tears in her eyes. I can't make him happy. And then she said, he has the most intense parts of both of our personalities. And it's so interesting that it actually shows up that way in the natal chart. Because even down to my, my dad has Pisces son and I have son in the 12th house. So there's extreme similarities there that none of my brothers share with them. And there's also even now in our life, this kind of triad that we have that is very different from the rest of all of them. And it's because of the resonance that's there. There's been tension because of that resonance. But now as an adult, there is just a, like, not only do I look like both of them exactly, mixed together i don't favor one or the other even astrologically there is that similarity which shows up so distinctly in the personality that it's kind of shocking because those were things i didn't know at one time astrology for me has been confirmation it's not confirmation bias it's confirmation later because everything that i've come to in astrology was after the experience of it And then finding out an aspect in my chart or something in my chart later that made me say, oh my gosh, that has been my experience up to this whole point. It wasn't that I read it first and then created it off of that. That's what we're going to talk about today because you can do that. You can know. Because it can be a validation, you know, of like one of the things that I so encourage people in how to utilize readings and how to utilize intuitives and divination is to use it to strengthen their own intuition rather than being obsessed with getting the answer from somebody else. It's like, no, 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 you know, the answer and maybe like a tune on a dial, maybe it's a little bit fuzzy for you, but utilizing something like astrology, utilizing a mediumship reading, utilizing a tarot reading can help you tune in to strengthen your own intuition. Absolutely. Most of the clients that come to see me, especially in a plant medicine sense, are actually becoming healers themselves. About 90% of the people that I attract eventually either want to or already are coming in knowing that that's where they're wanting to go. So I do feel that the work that I'm doing is also to help other people in this field do their work as well. It's not just, it's not just for the muggles. Okay. I'm teaching the, the magic folk too, but I also want to really emphasize the importance of archetypes and symbolism because many people are reaching for tarot for their psychic readings when you can be using the astrological chart to give someone a psychic reading or a mediumship reading that doesn't necessarily connect the mediumship part to the actual chart the way that the psychic energy would but there are astrologers out there that could blow your mind who claim to have no psychic abilities because they're just reading the chart imagine if you were to use it just to tune in and start with your own chart that's so true i have had that experience before um mm-hmm. where you know astro- an astrologer is like a straight up astrologer and that is like who they are and what they do and what they're all that's about right. Uh-huh. They read certain things and even, and usually I'm like, tell me about the transits. I'm like, I don't really care about my chart, but you know, usually they're like traditional and they're like, no, we got to go through some of this. But then some of the stuff they say, I'm like, oh my God, like so confirming. Yes. So those that are newer or new to astrology, maybe they're just starting with like listening to a horoscope or listening to transits or things like that and connecting that to their manifestation or even their own ascension or awakening process, their own inner power. 
what can we share with them to understand, to empower that journey and how they can understand astrology from that beginner place? Yeah. So I've been studying astrology since I was 15 years old. So it has been quite a journey of self-discovery, but also every single petal I peel back, there's more flower. It's like a fractal. I mean, in a Pandora's box. So without being overwhelmed, I highly recommend astrology books for sure but following astrologers on youtube and social media is one of the easiest ways to start picking things up for me i teach astrology so i teach 5d astrology which is a more advanced form of astrology which is a kind of quantum and evolutionary astrology together that i've sort of created and then there's the more mundane or beginner's astrology like i have a beginner's astrology class coming up in two weeks and that's really going to take you it's a two-hour workshop it's going to take you from the very beginning of the history the elements all the way into the planets and so many people have a hard time wrapping their head around all these things so in the type of astrology that i teach and even if we're working one-on-one in a reading or a astrology coaching session because i teach other people astrology one-on-one you are going to get the information from a more spiritual or 5d perspective because for me we can start from the beginning but if you are given that information from multiple different dimensional planes how it's going to show up for you in a human physical way what the spiritual aspect of it is and then you give it to people in fun and very symbolic ways for instance i always share with my clients and my students when they're trying to really differentiate the planets and the signs and the houses, and they don't really know where to put them all in their mind because it can get so complex. I always tell people the planet is the actor, which is that physical being on stage. The sign is the character or the costume that they're playing. And the house is the set or the stage in which that's playing out so that they can really see the organism wearing the costume on the stage instead of not understanding or mixing them together as if the house is the sign and the planet that's attached to that sign as if they're the same thing when really they're showing up differently one is the actual organism at play one and the other is the energy that is imbuing itself through that and the other is where that's going to show up in your life and once you have those understandings in these very simple ways you can compartmentalize it and start to retain it much faster so it really is about finding the astrologer that you resonate with and working with an astrologer at least once to have your chart read to get that experience before you get started i fully agree i highly highly recommend following somebody regularly for just understanding when certain planets are moving signs or certain. And then the other thing that I will share, and this is kind of where I began to deepen my journey with astrology is understanding the houses. So the houses are, if you have ever seen an astrological chart, you know, it's, it's divided up like a pie, like into 12 pieces. Mm -hmm. And then like Christopher was saying, and then planets move through those houses. And so the planet is going to signify something and the house is going to signify something and you are at the center. And the way that I view it and understand it and what has helped me is when I see myself at the center 
first of all, you know, I, and I don't even know that it is worth saying this, but just in case, like if you're somebody that's like, I don't know if I believe in this for me, I just came to the realization that the moon affects the tide, the sun provides vitamin D and photosynthesis. We are affected by the energies of those, those bodies. And if we're affected by those bodies, why would we not on a subtler degree be affected by these other bodies in this solar system that we live in? So when you think of it as these subtle energies that we're working with, you are an energy being, even though you're a physical being. And then what I love that I feel like you're expanding on today, even for me, is that if you're intuitive at all, and I believe that we all are to degrees and that we can open that up more and more in our journey, mm-hmm. that these subtle energies are going to work with your intuition and they're going to work with your intuition for your growth, for your healing. And then also, like you said, in your ability to actually begin to align your desires and your dreams inside of this planetary ecosystem. Yes. And I love the way you put that, like an ecosystem. It has its own biosphere and its own environment that under the right conditions can really blossom and really give birth to beautiful things. It can also, like a drought, dry out. And so there are negative and positive polarities that, you know, astrology, if you come to my classes and work with me, there's a lot of science and quantum physics and the understanding of consciousness and geometry because astrology is patterns and geometry and phases and cycles. And it's very mathematical. And it is very, when we say quantum, we're dealing with multiple facets of yourself with astrology and the kind of astrology I work with, we work with asteroids, fixed stars. There's so much of you out there because as above, so below, as within, so without. And it truly is, that is truly how the universe works. So not only do those planets have a physical component to them, where they are, how they're affecting the water levels in our body and what the sun's rays are doing for the synthesis of vitamin D, all of that is correct. But then there's just the fact that we are a reflection of the solar system itself. So as it moves and it creates its own song, its own vibration, because that's what's happening is the movement of the planets and the placement in which they are in their relation to each other is giving off a sound just like any other sacred geometric shape. And so that sound is moving through all of us, but based on our soul's intention and however out of alignment or in alignment we are at any time is how clear that song is showing up. So it's unique for everyone. So there are levels to it that affect us out here, but really it's in our cells because we are literally not only just made of it, but energetically linked to it consciously, just as we are to our sun. I love what you just said. And that it's so great because earlier today I was, sometimes I'll just like flow and and talk through my own concepts to help solidify them. And for me, one of it was the power of declaration. And the way that I was describing that was like, you know, you decide something, you choose something and every cell in your body is on board and every molecule in your sphere is on board. And then what I heard in what you just said is that when you're that, 
And then you can align and harmonize and be at that level of alignment with all the other energies going on. Like that, is there just like, do you feel that when I just yes. talk about that? Astrology is about harmonics. Harmonics is actually a technique that we use in more advanced forms of astrology, where we can take the whole harmonic frequency of your chart and basically put it on a scale and give you kind of the tone of it. And that's what it's all about is spotting patterns because everything is cyclical here in this universe. So it's also about charting the seasons, the cycles, and it's really the mathematics and the geometry of who we are as a consciousness. And there's so many facets to that. And so for people who are newer to astrology, a lot of the astrology I work with can be very advanced when you're talking about a lot of these asteroids and smaller planetary energies or some of these energy points that aren't even physical, like Lilith or the North Node and the South Node. There, It can get very overwhelming. But even with the sun and the moon, just those two energies have an immense scientific and spiritual component to both of them because they both represent the primal masculine and feminine energy before that branches off into those other energies. So in my astrology, I mean, we include so many different ways of understanding these planetary energies, just like you have the sun is masculine, the moon is feminine, Mercury is non-binary, Venus is feminine, Mars is masculine. So masculine, feminine, non-binary. So when you have these understandings, you're able to then say, oh, I remember the pattern. So I, I also remember kind of the, the essence of that planetary energy. It's going to have a more feminine, it's going to have a more masculine, or it's going to have a more androgynous energy to it. And it's funny that because in astrology, everything is connected. Because even when you look at Mercury being more non-binary or androgynous. It rules Gemini, which is the sign of androgyny. So, I mean, and those weren't even things that were directly connected in a lot of the things that I have taught or come to, but they, it all seems to connect. So know that when you get into astrology, you're really uncovering more of who you are, if that's what's interesting to you, to really gauge how how much resistance do I hold in my energy? How much flow do I hold in my energy? And how can I bring those into more of a neutral state? And where I'm trying to take astrology and take people is how do we work with your, your soul came in to have a very human experience. And there's a certain set of planets for that. And then there's a certain set of planets that are supposed to take you and evolve you spiritually and move you into higher states of consciousness. How can we move toward them? And how can we pull you out of this 3D matrix personality that you've decided to give yourself as a framework and lock and anchor yourself into, how can you then choose the positive qualities of each one of your placements so much that you then begin to unglue your consciousness from astrology period and get to choose who you are fully without influence. Yeah. That's I where we're moving to. And that's what 5D is about. I love that. It's like a, like a labyrinth finding your way out of the astrological matrix in certain ways, the more dense energies? How can you be less like your sun and more like your North Node? Mm. And so what's showing up for me in that is 
the healing of trauma. We're definitely going to go there. Yeah, because <laughs> what I observe and where a lot of my work is going is that when you set forth to create a certain circumstance in your life to create a certain amount of money, to create a certain type of career, to create a certain type of relationship, whatever it is. And especially if it's something that is a big dream, mm. what's going to show up? All the stuff that's in the way. Where yes. does all the stuff that's in the way come from? Your past <laughs> and usually whatever trauma or stuff that you've gone through. Yes. And so I feel like there's a connection to this with the ascension process. Absolutely. So in the work that I do, the whole purpose of understanding astrology is to master the mechanism here so that you can maneuver it up in frequency and understand where the natural resistance points are. Because you and I both have moon and Leo, so we will have very similar resistance points. But the moon is either exacerbated or diminished by our life experience, unlike some of the other planets. So I may be more proud than you because my parents allowed that and maybe yours didn't, for example. But generally that same resistance to change is there for the moon in leo or moon in taurus or moon in scorpio so that resistance to change can be there and understanding that and understanding how to soothe that as well because there's aspects of your energy like the sun which represents more of the ego structure knowing what you want and what you need and how out of alignment or in alignment those things are is so simple on a mundane basis but that's a firm foundation for where we're going to take a lot of this next and in astrology there is an energy and his name is chiron and chiron is an asteroid that lives between saturn and uranus and this asteroid is considered to be one of the centaurs, which is why its name is Chiron, who was the most beautiful and loving centaur in all of mythology. And because they were very barbaric creatures and he was not. Chiron in mythology, he was a healer, an astrologer, a medium, and a teacher. Who does that sound like? So when you look at my astrological chart, where my ascendant is, my ascendant is 25 degrees of cancer and my Chiron is 25 degrees of cancer. So I have an aspect of my chart considered Chiron conjunct the ascendant. And when you have a planet or a point conjunct or joined up with your rising sign, you embody that archetype because the rising is the embodiment of you. It's the doorway into the first house of the self. So yes, I you could say that I am Chiron. The archetype that I am and lives through me is Chiron. So I am the wounded healer, but I heal through my own healing of my own wounds. And you could say most healers are like that, but that archetype shows up very specifically. My energy is very triggering, very healing, because both of those are healing. And I wear my wound out here for everyone to see. Mm. And physical body dysmorphia, physical attractiveness, all that stuff was something that I went through for most of my life until I got into the asteroids and astrology and really started to work with my Chiron and my ascendant, understanding why I chose that from a soul perspective. Mm -hmm. And then I used plant medicine to just get rid of that real quick. And I don't feel or experience that anymore. And Chiron 
because I am Chiron, that's the energy that I really work with in astrological readings the most, because Chiron sits between Saturn, which is the old, structured, patriarchal, disciplined, conservative energy. It's that long-term goal. Saturn is Father Time. It's real reality itself. Saturn keeps everything in form. And then Uranus comes in like a bolt of lightning to awaken and to crack that form in half and to say, let's try it new. Let's go in a new direction. Let's rebel, just like the sign that I rule, Aquarius. Let's rebel against that status quo and create a new future timeline. Uranus also rules Kundalini awakening. Saturn, Uranus, and then Chiron. So we consider Chiron the rainbow bridge because before you can move from the old paradigm into the new age of Aquarius, you have to heal yourself. Chiron is the energy of transmutation, turning pain into power, and it is your most primal wound and where you will store a lot of your trauma along with your Lilith energy as well. And so we use those energies to master that and understand that. So for someone like you who may have Chiron and Taurus, if I'm not mistaken, let's just say you have Chiron and Taurus. Let's just say, let's just say. Let's just say you may have an innate. um, Oh my God, I do have Chiron and Taurus. Let's just say you have an innate fear of having a lot of money because you're afraid of losing it or you're afraid of things being taken from you. Chiron and Taurus people can sometimes have this fear of not having enough, okay? And so there's this conserve, I have to hold on, which tells the universe there's only so much to go around and there's only so much coming. Chiron and Taurus, for you, the reason you're in the field that you're in right now, not only are you out here because that Leo moon wants to be seen, and the Aquarius energies, and, and you my also North want. Leo. Sorry, my North Woo! Node. Leo. So you definitely came here to be seen and to to share that light. But from a healing sense, your main healing goal here is to heal financial issues, and it's not just about finances; it's about your basic needs being met. So understanding your Chiron and house placement really helps you understand what the wound is, where it's showing up, and why that pattern keeps repeating. And if you don't heal that wound, it will resurface many times, but it will resurface at the age of 50 when you go through Chiron return. And if you don't heal it at that point, that is when the trauma begins to turn into disease, cancer, heart attacks. That's when everyone starts to deteriorate after that because you either work through that and you move into that next stage of life with more clarity, and those are your golden years because you are more clear, you're more sure of who you are, and that primal wound is not influencing or leading you anymore, or you then deteriorate, and you're supposed to die after that point. It's just modern medicine actually keeps us alive. So the Chiron energy is so important for the transmutation of our energy because Jupiter and Saturn are the beginning of the outer planets. Mars is the end of the inner planets, so they show us a more higher aspect of self, Jupiter and Saturn, expansion and contraction. And then right beyond that, we move from expansion and contraction in the 3D reality to the trans-dimensional planets, Chiron, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And Chiron is the gatekeeper between the physical and non-physical realms. He is a medium. Wow. 
even showed up that way in our solar system because Chiron is a wanderer. Centaurs are wanderers. And some of our asteroids are look like planets. Others look like big jagged rocks because they do not belong in this solar system. They wandered in. And as soon as Chiron wandered in and got locked into the solar system, that energy became active within our collective psyche and our collective consciousness. And the minute in 1977, Chiron was named by someone who was not an astrologer, who was an astronomer. So it had nothing to do with astrology and how it would show up. But the minute you name that energy, it then becomes and holds the energy of that archetype within our collective consciousness. And after the year 1977, we saw a renaissance and a resurgence of alternative healing, plant medicine therapies, herbalism, the psychological industry completely shifted, the pharmaceutical industry shifted, and these holistic and spiritual healing modalities just shot off until we are here where we are now. Because Chiron in 5D astrology, Chiron rules Virgo, Mercury rules Gemini. So Chiron holds the energy of Virgo, the earth alchemist, which is the plant medicine healer, the the diet and health practitioner, all the things that I've done. I was a health coach. So it's interesting that I am Chiron and how all of those energies just keep showing up and how just that energy in the in the astrology I teach, I'm like, get Get rid of everything that you know, because yes, I have rising in cancer, but you can actually read me in certain ways like I have rising in Virgo. Because the planet that rules Virgo is on the rising sign, and I have Mercury in Gemini and Sun in Gemini, which also has a mercurial Virgo energy. So you have to take all of that into account. So new astrologers, that's just going to be like, whoa, you're playing a symphony on the piano, and I'm just plucking right now. I get it. However, know how complex it is so you don't lock yourself into, he's a Gemini, he's Aquarius, because they're not. They're human beings who were born when the sun was in Leo or the sun was in Gemini. They are a multidimensional being that decided to crystallize itself into a framework so that it could find its way out of it at some point. Mm. Mm. So powerful. And yeah, I feel like I want to reiterate those of you that might be newer listening, definitely know and understand how deep and how expansive this can go, but also know that it is even still powerful to follow where the sun is transiting. When I first started, I always followed where Saturn and Jupiter were, because that's just like where I felt guided, where I felt safe mm-hmm. for transits about every year. Saturn every three. So it was like a little bit easy for me to sort of keep up with like where different shifts were, which by the way, Saturn's about to leave my first house. Thank you very much. In just a few months, I'm ready for that. Um, and Saturn also- in the second house will be great. Yeah, I'm excited. You need that. Uh, yes. When you said Chiron and Taurus. So what's great is I have always felt drawn to money manifestation. I mean, even like the girls that knew me when I was 18 years old, I was like passing out the book, creating money. Okay. So Uh I learned about money manifestation really young. I can't believe you just pulled out of this that I have Chiron and Taurus. Like, did you look at my chart or something? Don't know exactly what year where you were born, but Chiron, there is a generational planet. So people born between 1978 and 1980, 
1985 or 1984, something like that, okay. have Chiron and Taurus. This is so perfect. I, I kind of had, you were yes, either going to be Chiron in Aries, Taurus, or Gemini. I knew that and I knew right. it wasn't Aries, but I just, so, cause my brain immediately starts going to, okay, I, I, I can see your all's charts and where things are happening in my mind and like timing, what year was that happening? Cause I can... I have Mercury and Gemini. So a lot of it's just memorization. I have all that memorized when these dates are and when that planet was in that sign and that sort of thing, because it's just, that makes so much sense. I mean, because yeah. the, in, the information flows, it's like very digestible, but speedy. And so I definitely get that. I, Good. And I the reason you would be so interested in it though, in money manifestation is there was a strong pull on your part to share that with all that Leo energy for sure. And to help others. If there's Aquarius energy, there's this like, let's all do this together. Let's change the world with this. Okay. But that Chiron energy, sometimes our trauma is what is pushing us toward to heal ourselves. And it will show up that way because that was you wanting to heal that within you, wanting yeah. to make sure that you embodied that as well recently this breakthrough occurred that I realized that the intentions that I set about a decade ago around money and my experience with money have fully, I mean, it's going to continue to expand because I'm continuing to manifest, but it's manifested. Like yeah. I'm there. However, this is where that Chiron piece I think comes in for me is I still hadn't fully received it. That's right. Because Taurus represents worth and self-worth. And I was like, wait a minute, what's the reality? And I started to just look, like I just started to look like what has been accumulated? What is my actual financial reality right now compared to where it was? What was uh -huh. I intending then? What is the reality now? And I literally had to sit there with it and go, you haven't fully let this in this has not sunk in yet. And so that's literally the last several weeks, like I've been allowing it to sink in and the amount of like gratitude and healing that's really emerging is beyond, but it's yeah, just amazing yeah. how that showed up right in what you were saying. And working with that Chiron energy really just helps you, you know, it's, we can have many different points of trauma or traumatic events that happen in our lives that don't seem to correlate necessarily with the sign of Taurus. It's just the way in which it is experienced. I could experience the same sort of trauma as you, but I may take it more personally because it's in my first house, for instance, or because Chiron is in Taurus, it may, that trauma can weaken your sense of self-worth or make you question what you, what you value and what you believe you deserve. And what you'll let in from a basic needs perspective, kind of like your home, the food you're eating, Taurus represents all of those sorts of things as well. It's, it's security. Having Chiron in Taurus, usually something between the ages of zero and 18 months usually will happen. But a lot of times in very early childhood, zero to three years old, there will be an event in the family or with one of the parents or something will happen, which will activate the Chiron energy. Something made you feel like you weren't going to have enough or that you weren't going to, there was a sense of security. I'm not, not taken care of. That's Chiron and cancer. That's me. But there's kind of a mother wound there, but with Chiron and Taurus, it really shows up within our finances as we get older, because that represents that security that was 
felt like it was taken or kept from you in some way. Like, and usually with Chiron and Taurus, you actually did not have enough at like, whether it was love, but a lot of times it could have been my mother's very busy and I didn't have food several times. No one cooked my food tonight because this is just normal. This is what happens in the seventies and eighties, <laughs> you know? So like yeah. those types of things can show up in many different ways, but the same reception takes place. It's, it's our experience that's pulling that out. That's why when we get into the manifestation conversation, I'll give you an example. I'm writing a book. Well, we already talked about this, but I'm writing a book on the moon in Capricorn. Mm. I'm going to include moon in Scorpio as well, but really the moon in Capricorn has been something that has followed me my entire life, whether it's been in friends and now in readings. Anytime I see moon in Capricorn, I immediately say, what's your relationship like with your mother? And they all go, well, and that's not something I can find anywhere on the internet or in any books anywhere is the relationship with the mother, with the person with moon and Capricorn. Now they may have experienced it differently, but slightly differently, but the same general energy is there. And all the mothers have different signs. It's not like they're all Capricorn or something. So it's like, why? I also notice that if there are siblings, that child is treated differently. They all feel like they were treated differently, whether the mother agrees on that or not. And I always explain to them, you're the one with Moon and Capricorn. So you're the one pulling a fatherly, disciplinarian, pushy, critical energy out of your mother. It is her fault, yes, but also your energy's calling on that to happen because there's a need there. And because the moon wants to be nurtured and, Cap and the moon is in its opposite sign of Capricorn, you're feeling unnurtured by their wanting to push you harder and get you to be better. That's causing you to feel emotionally weakened and not taken care of and criticized. So they beat themselves up. So it's about understanding that you, it's taking radical responsibility for your placements and knowing that you're pulling that energy out of this hologram and this matrix with that. So you can also say that with your Chiron, and this is not to excuse our abusers and our traumatic events, but it's taking responsibility and knowing I pulled that toward me because of resonance, not because I felt I deserved it or I want to be traumatized. It was resonance. And now that I know, I'm going to know where to go in my healing process to heal that. Because a lot of times we're like, where are the roots? Look to your Chiron. Look, get it. When in readings with clients, we really look to where the trauma is and then spirit comes in to bring up certain memories so that they know in your healing work, whether you go get an EMDR session, you sign up for a plant medicine retreat, surrender to where it takes you, but also know where it can take you and where it stemmed from so that you can reach in and pull those roots out. We don't have to keep spraying weeds, weed killer. So it, it, it's about going really deep in that respect. Yeah, I think that a couple of things I want to highlight in what you just said. Number one, really paying attention to the memories. Even just 48 hours ago, I had a limiting belief that I knew was like floating around and, you know, and was sort of running some things. And I, uh -huh. again, several weeks. And then as I was literally running an errand, a memory came up 
that I was not, it was like a, a memory from my childhood out of nowhere. And immediately I linked the limiting belief to that memory. And so the subconscious mind releases things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely in memory, that's so profound. Also what you said about personal responsibility. This is one of the core things that I stand for and that I teach because at the end of the day, if you do not allow yourself to be fully 100% responsible for your incarnation, for what you're manifesting, for what's showing up, then the power is elsewhere. The power is outside of you. And then you become run by something else instead of run by who you choose to be, which is also what I heard what you were talking about earlier, right? Where where we're headed is really from this place of, I'll say the term higher self, from this place of choice, from that place of soul, like being able to incarnate and live this experience as your true soul self, mm-hmm. instead of whatever whatever defense mechanisms or programmings are coming in from wherever they come in, and they come in from many places. But I yeah. also just to connect that to the astrology, and your astrology becomes like a map. Of- it is of what there is to highlight, what there is to focus on, what things might be themes. And then again, that can empower you when you start to understand those themes in what you're creating, in what needs to be released and with lining up to your purpose. Absolutely. And when you look at it like a map, there's a trail or a road that's already there, but we can create a new one. You can decide from understanding it, what you can do with those energy energies and there's negative and positive we can say challenging and gifted energies in every single placement you have so our moon and leo there are immense amount of beautiful energies that can come from that moon and leo energy and then there are the more challenging qualities or more dense energies and you get to decide when you get invested into your astrological nature you get to decide which ones am I currently on autopilot in? Which ones are naturally showing up? Which ones do I want to choose from now on consciously? Mm-hmm. And in the astrological sciences that I teach, we don't look at the planets as just floating out there and they're sending a signal down here and they're making you do things. And it's very much a representation of your entire energetic system, your subtle bodies, and your psyche. You have your persona. You have your conscious mind, the sun, the subconscious mind, the moon. You have your data-oriented brain mind, the compartmentalizing learning mind, Mercury. And then you have your heart space. You have your sacral energy. And it just keeps going out from there. It's about expanding outward into the different aspects of self. And once you identify and do the shadow work around where am I on autopilot? Where am I unconsciously flowing energy? And you bring those things back into alignment and you master that. Then you can really climb the ladder up so that you can get to those higher energies and you can really let that North Node energy flow through you because it wants to flow, but it can't if there's, you know, Misalignment. The pipes, yeah. But really, it's like a spine that's out of alignment. Yeah. The cerebral spinal fluid can't make it all the way to the brain. Oxygen can't make it all the way there. So think of it like the chakra system or kundalini awakening. You're working your way out of those more dense energies, ego, subconscious, all the way up into your 
most expanded higher self. And that's where we get into the asteroids and those more outer planets. And then we get into the, I'm going to just briefly mention this and we don't have to touch on it anymore, but we get into the veiled planets or the etheric planets such as Vulcan, mm. which you cannot see with your eyes right now, but it is there. And just like Pluto, which we could not see at one time, at some point in our ascension and awakening process on this planet, we will begin to see other planetary energies that are not within our visible light spectrum now. And as that's happening, as the more you tune up, you're going to start to pull in their energies in your astrological chart and where they're showing up. Because Vulcan, is, for example, is a higher manifestation or a higher aspect of Pluto energy. And we already know Pluto's very high vibrational. It's soul contracts and that death and rebirth that we must go through, that that destruction on a soul level, those shadow aspects that must come up. It's very trans-dimensional, yes, soul-infused energy. But then there's even a planet that goes beyond that that we can't even see yet. So the possibilities are endless, just like our soul. So beautiful. I love that. I love the expansive nature of all of it. And I also am now called to ask you about Pluto because you guys, 2023, Pluto moves into Aquarius. So I have two questions and I want you to flow on this. I feel like it's meant to be. Number one, do you believe that Pluto moving into the Aquarius is the official beginning of the Aquarian age? <laughs> Number two is, yeah, it's so funny. I'm going to go ahead and just share this really quick right now. When I first decided to start this podcast, it was before I actually started the podcast and I recorded maybe it was channeled an episode and the episode was called, and I still have it. I haven't released it yet. I think I'm going to release it, but it's called ushering in the Aquarian age. And I talk mm -hmm. all about the Aquarian age and I talk anyway. I mean, I'm an Aquarius sun and Aquarius rising. I'm very clear that part of my purpose is to help usher in the Aquarian age. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So I want to know from you, you, you're an epic astrologer. I want to know what you have to say about that. And then number two, for those of us listening, this will be released sometime in the first quarter of 2023. So 2023 is going to be going. What do you have to say about 2023, particularly with the introduction of Pluto and anything else that's standing out to you right now? Absolutely. So let's just, let's just start here. The age of Aquarius, we do not have an actual date for when this will begin because the ages, they're 2,100 years, they move in reverse. So we're moving out of the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius. So we're moving out of priest and king consciousness and things being hidden from us, all that spiritual nature, all of that lies, deceit, that patriarchy, the more shadow aspects of Pisces energies. We're moving out of that. We're now moving into the age of Aquarius, which is individuality, rebellion, extremely powerful and unifying technology that will serve all of us, equality for all, the humanitarian. So we're really moving into that next stage where our communities, we're, we're going to be a global community rather than all these countries and separate entities. This one world government, which is not a bad thing, is 
really going to represent that age of Aquarius energy. And I believe that the dawning of the age of Aquarius was the invention of the printing press hundreds of years ago. That was when we would have started to get little whiffs of this age of Aquarius starting to crossfade in mm -hmm. because we're in the middle of a crossfade. There is no, it starts here and it starts there. It's, a, it's the age and none of us can even agree on when it's starting and stopping. So we have to pay attention to what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And then you had the increases in civilizations and cities coming together and world travel and people colonizing different areas of the world. And then the 20th century happened. And now the 21st century and the technology just keeps getting faster and faster. So we know that we are we are moving into the age of Aquarius. There's no we're about to. We're in it. It's just the age of Pisces is also still fading out. So really, in after 2020, that was out with the old. And then 2021 was in with the new because 2021 was the year of Aquarius. You had Jupiter in Aquarius, Saturn in Aquarius after they formed their great conjunction in the sign of Aquarius on the winter equinox in 2020. And you also had two new moons in Aquarius that year. You had, I mean, there were there was so much Aquarius energy that built up. You had a super stellium in Aquarius that hadn't happened since the 1960s, happened in 2021. So that was a huge opening act, 2021 was. And now Pluto, because Pluto was in Aquarius 250 years ago. Why wasn't that the beginning of the age of Aquarius? Well, it was, There was that was another little intro. So do I believe that this is going to propel us into the Aquarian age? Yes, I do. And Pluto in Aquarius is, it's going to be difficult in many ways because what Pluto's going to do, Pluto's not going to come in and say, this is the dawning of the, he's going to come in and start to unearth shadow aspects of our technology and the way that we structure our communities and all the lies and deceit in our charity world and all of the fake humanitarians out there, all of that kind of stuff is going to start to come to the surface because he has to clear that out on top of the fact that there's going to be a major death and rebirth around the way that we operate in our societies are not just our technology, but our the way that in which we create communities like cities gathered together with tall buildings. How strange. It, I mean, why aren't we more spread out, especially with the technology that we're going to have over the next 20 years, because Pluto will be in Aquarius until 2044. And Pluto will go out of Aquarius, by the way, in 2023, as it retrogrades and won't go back in until 2024 permanently. But just know that we're getting a little whiff of this, just like in 2020, when Saturn dipped its toes into Aquarius in March and April of 2020, and we saw the major outbreak in the Black Lives Matter movement and social justice issues. And all Saturn did was dip his toe in. And then he went back into Capricorn and then he went into Aquarius fully in 2021. And so we're going to see a little sneak peek of what's going to happen. And it's already happening. Pluto's already entering Aquarius now. It just hasn't happened in the degree point yet. The, the degrees are just ways we measure that energy. The last 10 degrees in the first 10 degree, last 10 degrees of Capricorn in the first 10 degrees of Aquarius 
I could block that off and name it a sign if I wanted to. That has its own energy as well. The first 10 degrees of cap and the last 10 degrees of cap are different energies because the last 10 degrees is more evolved than the first 10. There's more sense. information and more intelligence there. So we're already there and it's already moving in that direction. So I believe that over the next 20 years, we are going, to, you're going to be able to get to Australia in two hours, not 18. What is this 18 hour flight bullshit? What in the name of 1987 is that? I'm not kidding. I also want to know, I also want to know why, why are our roads made out of asphalt and not solar panels? Why are there rubber tires? Why aren't these cars hovering? Because we've had this technology for so long. There's so many. Why did we not have this 20 years ago when they already had this technology? So the idea that that we've got to slowly, you know, we'll add another camera this time. We already have the iPhone 90 created, but we'll let that play out over the next hundred years. That way we make several octillions of dollars rather than just a billion. And that whole thing is going to change as well when Pluto goes into Aquarius, because Pluto's going to start activating those sorts of energies where we're going to see where technology is controlling us and having power over us rather than working with us. Everyone's afraid of AI and technology taking over. Pluto and Aquarius could really help reduce a lot of that, because in 2020, there was a timeline split. There's that 3D timeline and that 5D timeline. So for those of us choosing that 5D timeline, we're not going to have to worry about computers taking over and that sort of thing. I don't even really believe that the 3D timeline is going to deteriorate and it's an apocalyptic. No, it's just density. You know, they're going to they're going to focus more on mechanical and electronic technology. We're going to focus more on light crystalline and consciousness technology where you won't need to send me a text message because you already told me. You know what I mean? We've already shared that information, whether it was in my dream or you sent it to me telepathically. This is the energies that we're moving more into. Yeah. And would you say more and more people are going to be experienced? Those that align with it are going to be experiencing that more and more. Yes, absolutely. And even those who aren't aligning now may wake up to that or even have experiences that they don't understand what's happening and they have no desire to understand what's happening. And that's okay. Some people who are going through their ascension process right now are currently what we would call mentally ill or mentally insane because I have been insane and locked away in other lives and I have memories of this and that very well could have been a life where I was trying to upgrade and my consciousness was starting to ascend even in the 1500s and it didn't know how to assimilate or acclimate to that and because there was no internet and we did not have the connections that we have now and the understanding I believed I was insane and I believed when they called me a witch and locked me away that I actually was I probably, you know, so there's, there's aspects now where we're allowed to think we're insane for a few days. And then we see an Instagram post and we're like, Oh, I'm going to be okay. And you went through what I went through in one lifetime in two days. Mm. So just know that 
things are much more expansive, but they're faster and more accelerated now because time is moving faster. The higher our frequency, the faster time moves because we're creating time. It's an illusion. We're creating it in real time. So you're also going to see as we move into the age of Aquarius, timeline splits, but time acceleration. Mm -hmm which is why things keep feeling like they're moving faster because they actually are. Yeah. It isn't just that you don't have enough space in your brain. You don't have it. Whatever these people have said about why when we get older, it feels like time gets faster. And that felt like yesterday time is flying by because actually the, the more we move forward, the, and the higher we raise our frequency, our perception of time is shifting. And that's going to happen during the age of Aquarius as well. It makes so much sense. It makes so, so much sense. So you guys, I definitely follow Christopher on Instagram. He gives these energetic ascension reports and it can be so helpful because if you're, if you're going through something like he just described, like if you're having a lot of headaches or like just whatever, something's going on and it's weird and you can't put your finger on it. There have been times where I'm not even intentionally, you know, scrolling to look for the answer. And then his post will come up and he'll be talking about different ascension symptoms and transits that are going on. And things will just go off in my head. Oh, I can rest. The worry fades away. The fear fades away. And really, in my opinion, it's the resistance because yes. that ascension is really about transformation and allowing that purity of who you are to really align yes. and step in. And so when we can flow with that and allow those growing pains to slough off and being aware is part of that. So then to expand on that, let's let the people know, how can they work with you? Where can we send them? Of course, you guys, I'm going to put everything in the show notes, but I want Christopher to be able to say, yeah, like what, what you, how, if they want to work with you, if they're drawn to you, if they want to learn more or Come absolutely. to a retreat, whatever it is. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to get in touch with me at all, you can, of course, follow me on Instagram, TikTok at the.astromedium. But my website is thestromedium.com. And that has everything I do and everything I offer is there. So I offer one-to-one -one sessions with clients, astro mediumship sessions. I offer just astrological readings, but I now offer intuitive therapy and psychedelic integration for people who are going to retreats or working with microdosing. I offer um, experiences on top of like the Ascension coaching and astro mediumship. There are now other services that I offer to support people at this time. I offer also offer 10 different classes and workshops, plant medicine workshops. And these are done through Zoom, virtual cacao ceremonies, cacao ceremonies in person. I offer four different types of retreat experiences, like on this coming Sunday here at Stardust Retreat Center, which is the retreat center I have outside of Atlanta. We are having Welcome to Wonderland, which is a heart medicine ceremony. It's much more intense than a cacao ceremony, but it's kind of a step down from a retreat. It's one day rather than three or four. And I also offer private plant medicine experiences, and I do a type of healing work called Chironic Healing Activation. And basically, this is taking your birth chart, your human design chart, helping you to understand who you are, the way that we've been talking about during this time, and then using several different types of energy medicine and healing modalities, such as Shiwamurti healing, shamanic practices, shamanic journeying, and then marrying that with the incredible influence of these master plant spirit teachers 
and going deep within yourself and going on a journey. And that experience, there's three different versions of that experience. And there's a, there's a three hour little mini tune up version. And then there is an eight hour version and there's an overnight version. And you can come here to the retreat center to do that, or I can come to you. And that is, that is one of the most incredible experiences that I can offer and can witness as well, because it's absolutely everything I do. You can have your own retreat or you can come to a retreat and join our star family. Either way is fine. But the work that I do is helping you understand yourself and then giving you tools such as plant medicine and all of these different energy medicine modalities to help you heal yourself. That's what this is about to really get you in touch with your Chiron. So all of that information is on my website. And if you're interested in learning with me and working with me, I offer classes on mediumship, psychic development, you name it. It's all on the website. Amazing. Amazing. I believe I met Christopher like two years ago and I have witnessed his evolution in that time. And it's just so beautiful and profound to see, I mean, just, just what is coming through to serve. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I am so glad we're connected here. I would so love and appreciate it if you could leave a review. It really does help the show so much. And please accept my personal invitation into the Manifest Massively Inner Circle. This is my $7 per month monthly membership. It is really the core and hub of the Manifest Massively brand and community. And inside, you have access to dozens of manifestation mini courses from all things like astrology and feng shui and intuition. Plus, I go live and host group coaching calls on a monthly basis, and there's a free Facebook community where we keep in touch daily. I can't wait to see you inside.